Welcome to Start Local, where we talk with business owners, leaders of nonprofits, and other members of our community focused on doing business in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. Each episode will provide insight into the local business scene and tell you about opportunities to connect with and support businesses and nonprofits in your local area. I'm Liam Dempsey, and I'm here today with my co-host, Kara Berardo. Kara, how are you today? Lovely to see you. Good morning, Liam. I am doing well. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Very, very well. We're lucky to be here with Susan Springsteen today, and Susan is a woman of uh, money, professional, and personal accomplishments. So rather than have me do a limited overview of who she is, I guess I'm going to turn it over to you, Kara, to, to greet Susan and and then ask her a first question about who she is and, and what does she do? Sounds great, Liam. Thank you so much. So hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us. First question for you. So who are you and what does your business organization do? Well, first of all, uh, Liam and Kara, thank you for having me. I just I'm always thrilled to have the opportunity to talk about our businesses and where we're located and what we're doing. So um Susan Springsteen, I am the president and CEO of a company called H2O Connected. Um, it is a, a water, techno- water technology company. It's an early stage uh, firm that develops and manufactures multi-patented devices that can detect nearly every type of water loss problem that can um, cause a, a high water and sewer bill due to a tank toilet. So toilet's the number one cause of water waste in a building and we have the solution. So um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, we developed the technology in Chester County and we manufacture it in Chester County. And um, we can talk more about that later. I come out of the investment business and um, co-founded a product development company years ago. And so I'm still actively involved in that as well. So I wear quite a few different hats, but it's in the all in the entrepreneurial vein. So, so you and I have talked a number of times in, in advance of our conversation today. And, and in addition to running the businesses you just talked about, and I feel like I could just pause and talk all about your businesses and water because that's really, really interesting to me. But tell me a little bit about how uh, I, I know you're committed to investing uh, in, a, in a big sense, in a, in a holistic sense, in your local community out there in the Coatesville, in Coatesville. Uh, in Southern Chester County, Western Chester County, talk a little bit about how you how you support your local your local community and your local economy. Uh, I know it's through more than just uh, a variety of ways. So maybe I'll just ask you to jump in and answer that question. Well, I think it started really with the when when I co-founded Nth Solutions, the product development company, with my business partner Eric Canfield, because our mission was to take innovative. Um, ideas from concept on a napkin all the way through to commercialization. So vertically integrated company in areas that save lives, save money and preserve natural resources. And they were, and all the electronic products, most of what we develop are electronic products, um, either business to business or business to consumer um, are made in the USA. We make them. So made in our facility. So I think we've always had this sort of business as mission outset. Um, and when we developed the leak detection products and we spun um, that off into a separate company, which became H2O Connected, 
Um, we wanted to locate it in a qualified opportunity zone because we were raising capital and we needed, we wanted to give our investors the extra benefit that comes from being a qualified opportunity zone business. So I looked to see, I'm in Chester County. I was in Northern Chester County at the time. And, you know, what is the qualified opportunity zone for Chester County? I love the county. I didn't want to go out of the county. And it was Coatesville. And I remember thinking there was no way on God's green earth, I am going to locate a business in Coatesville. This was 2019, but God had other plans. And um, so I decided to do my due diligence and think, all right, I ought to go look at it anyway. And so I went to Coatesville and I, I talked to the city. I hung out in the post office to get a sense of the community. I talked to anybody who would talk to me on the street, anybody. And I loved the architecture. And I just thought, you know, this is a really underrated 1.9 square miles. It's, I love, I just fell in love with the people, their grittiness, their resilience, their loyalty, their entrepreneurial effort. You know, when you have no money, you become very entrepreneurial. It's a high poverty area. So when you, when you have no money, you become very entrepreneurial about how you make a living. And it just, I love the mindset. And when you, and I thought, you know what? I, you know, as more I talked to the city and I thought I, we could really be here. So um, ended up uh, having, getting a small office across from City Hall to start H2O Connected. And then over time decided we would move all the related businesses to Coatesville and ended up working with uh, a former business partner I had who is a qualified opportunity zone real estate investor to renovate a, a, a 1902 office building that used to belong to Luke and Steele that was, um, had been boarded up for 20 years. And we uh, renovated that and added a 20,000 square foot engineering lab, manufacturing facility, an additional office behind it and created the Nth Innovation Center and then moved all the businesses there to the Nth Innovation Center at the West End of Coatesville. So that's how I got to Coatesville. And then as far as how you have how you how you have an impact, you know, really it's about first you have to listen. You know, you have to figure out what are the needs. And, it, and if you immerse yourself in a community, people start to unveil what the true needs are. And you just start meeting, you start trying to help solve problems that are in front of you. So obviously, um, it could be things like employment. We have manufacturing. So manufacturing creates um, employment. And because someone who is, has been chronically unemployed, whether they're a returning citizen or they're trying to, you know, kind of get back into the workforce from other things they've been dealing with, they are, they're not going to go back to law school to get a job, right? But they can put a legal order together and they can learn skill sets. And legal order is the water tech leak detection device that brand that we have. And so they, and then as we get to know them, they get to know us, we can figure out how we can grow their skill sets. And as the businesses grow, we can help them stair step their earning capacity. So, you know, manufacturing has a, we call it a seven to one um, escalator for every job in manufacturing. It creates seven jobs within the community for a lot of reasons. Um, and so we wanted to bring manufacturing to Coatesville because we wanted to help, you know, lower that, that high unemployment, double digit unemployment rate. Um, and then we also wanted to, you know, go into a lot of other ways that we've collaborated with the city for workforce development, 
And I, I mean, I could go through a lot of other things that we've been involved with. Like, No, no, that that's great because I mean, we are very interested in how you are actually committed to investing in Coatesville. And so one of the things that you had, had mentioned is that you are looking for, you know, local workers and how are you finding those? How is that the job search going for them? You know, do you post anything and, or do you specifically, you know, go out into the community and try to find the, the, the workers from there? All of the above. Um, for the engineering, that's a specific skill yeah. set. So for your software, firmware developers, um, that, that's a very specific skill set. So we tend to post for that or we go through our network. Um, we're a little bit of a unique company because people wear a lot of hats here. So they're not necessarily pigeonholed into doing one thing. And so finding someone with broad skill sets is a little bit of a take some time. But for, for manufacturing, you know, things like that, um, we have, some of it's been through our network. Some of it's been through, you know, Coatesville's a Facebook town. So if you post on Facebook, everybody knows about it. There are no <laughs> secrets in Coatesville. Um, but we've also, and we had some success there, but um, I think we needed to learn a lot about the population we were hiring, as well as they needed to learn how, how really how to be an employee again. Um, and so we needed to learn a lot to have to work with each other. And we have now partnered with a, with a group called OIC, which helps work for ready folks to be employees. And we found that that's been, that's been great because they come to us prepared and, and we can, we, it, it's just, so I'm really hoping that we can pull a lot of our our new workers from then. We're having great success with the ones we've just hired. That's great. That's, that, that's really interesting. You're talking about having to listen to your local community, your employee pool, your community pool, your neighbors, if you will, and and they're having to learn how to how to work with you. That really speaks a lot about your commitment to to the area and your your business's commitment to the area. You know, you you probably in some ways could have expanded from where you wanted to hire the geographic area because that might have been faster in the short term and beneficial in the short term. But uh, I love that you were willing to put in the, the time and the effort and to and have those conversations because those are difficult. They're never easy to say, hey, you're not doing it in a way that works for me. You know, that's a very polite way that we can say quietly or gently to each other over a podcast recording. It's different when tensions are high and orders are coming in and they're not going out and things are happening. So that I, I applaud you for that. Um, go ahead. Um, and it's not just hiring on, you know, through manufacturing. I it's really important to me that if we have any service that we need, we look to Coatesville first. So our landscaper is from Coatesville. Our cleaning service is from Coatesville. If I need packaging, I look to the guy in Coatesville, um, Vinny Zambudo, who does packaging and signs. If I need painting, this building was painted by Family First Painting, which is in Coatesville, David Phillips. Um, you know, we try to you know, when I first got here, we did the building. I didn't know a lot about the businesses in Coatesville that are community-based because a lot of them are below the radar screen. But one of the things that we've done is we've collaborated with the city and other nonprofits to, to work with some of these community businesses. How do you take those small, you know, below the radar screen or even like side hustles 
you know, and to help them grow them into legitimate, I don't want to say legitimate because they were legitimate businesses before, but into, into businesses that can scale and can be sustainable and can start to provide some real family income so that they have choices and they can afford to buy their homes. And they, and that's to me how you fight the whole gentrification thing. Because if you can help, if a rising tide truly does raise all boats and you can help bring the community with you as you're, as we're growing, then they can do the things that are important. The community can stay here and they can do the things that are important to them. If they want to buy a house, they can. If they want to continue to rent, they can. If they want to spend more money at local restaurants, they can. If they want to grow their business, they can. Yeah. You know, like they can become the masters of their own destiny in a sense. And and that's really empowering for us to have, you know, we're not the whole solution. Sure. We're part of the solution, but it's, and there's a lot of people here now rowing in the same direction, you know, as we're all trying to move Coatesville forward. And um, it's pretty exciting to be a part yeah, of. Yeah, I get that. You raised a really interesting point that I want to ask you to explore with us just a little bit. You talked about finding local area businesses that are below the radar. And, you know, we have this idea that if I can just search painters near me or plumbers near me, but that requires the plumbing business and the painting business on the other side to have um, the time, the space, and the, the knowledge of how to do that, right? You can do it all from your phone, but if you're, it's a side hustle or you're a one or a two-person band, and if you're not painting or plumbing, you're not making money, it's hard to do that. Talk a little bit more, if you would, about how you found those businesses. You mentioned that you worked with the city, but what did that look like? How did that come about? How did you make that uh a viable way to find reliable vendors in your area? Well, I think um, being connected to the city was certainly a big part of it. You know, when you're only 1.9 square miles, you have access in a way that I wouldn't if I was in Philadelphia, right? So uh, we have a really good relationship with the city. I have good relationships with city council, with the, with the city manager, with the finance director. I have direct access. So um, and we sit around the table and we, you know, we collaborate and we share ideas and it's a very much a collaborative effort. Um, but when I first got here, I was um, committed to keeping my mouth shut, and my ears open for a pretty long period of time, because the last thing this community needed was one more outsider to come in and tell them what they needed and how I was going, you know, come in with a cape, how I was going to save them from whatever. So I just wanted, I wanted to build the building and I had an idea and figured, you know, I, I saw the statistics at the time. Um, I think uh, poverty was, the poverty level was 36% and the median family income was $36,000 in Chester County, which is nothing. Um and we had an unemployment rate in the double digits. And so you knew that workforce development was going to be part of it. So I thought, all right, we can focus there. But I wanted, I got to know, I thought, who, who are the community members? Like, who are the street captains, right? Who are the community members that, that know where everybody is and what the needs are? And how, how do I get to know them? And I, early on, I, ha I had an an opportunity to meet a guy named Fonz Newswan, who is who is uh, was a is a retired business owner, lived in the city for decades, 
has an incredible story himself. And, um, and just, he knows everybody and he's like his own, um, he, he's his own social media. I mean, he, he gets the word out. He's, he, you know, and we got to be even, we got to be really good friends because, um, we both love the Lord and we both love Coatesville. And so despite what our other differences may have been, we focused on that and we thought, and we've become really good friends and he's enabled me to, he validated me as an okay person to talk to. And, and then I showed up everywhere. I was at, any anything I got invited to, any event that was happening, if they were picking up trash on Code Street, I was there. If they were having Unity Day, I was there. And it wasn't a it wasn't a manipulative way. It was I really wanted to get to know my community because if you're planting flowers in the flower boxes on Lincoln Highway, you're getting to know people as you're playing in the dirt, right? And so you build relationships in the trenches, and I think over time, you just meet new people. And then the word spreads that, you know, if I have, you know, that I'm hiring locally, and I think it just goes from there. But focusing on who the community leaders are is really is key. And then just being willing to listen and learn. There's a lot this city can teach suburbia if they ever wanted to really listen. That's really, really interesting and, and leads us into an, our next question because uh, you've talked so much about getting to know the local area and spending time at all these events. And I really want to ask you what what hanging out in the post office all day long was like, but we'll leave that for now. <laughs> and and because you do know your community and you've been down there for, for a few years and you, you, know, you have uh, gotten out and talked to people, I wonder if you can share with us uh, and this is going to be a hard question for you, I know. What's a local area business or nonprofit in Coatesville that more people should know about? I'm sure you have a list of about 27. Oh, wow. But maybe, yeah. let me limit it if you can. Not necessarily the best, but one that people should know about. Maybe one business and one nonprofit. Oh, I can't do just one. <laughs> um, I would say there's a couple of nonprofits that focus on youth. You know, so Newland Foundation is one. They're not well known. They're actually in our building, 190 West Lincoln Highway. They um, they take high school, uh, they take Coatesville students as they're going into their senior year in high school and mentor them as to how to get into college, pay for college, and and get through college. And then when they graduate, if there's any leftover bills outstanding, they write the check. It's very very successful. The mentorship is it's amazing what they've been able to do. And then there's Coatesville Youth Initiative that is, uh, you know, kind of an, an just te- teaches a lot of leadership skills um, to Coatesville Youth. It goes much younger. I think they actually go into, um, I'm not sure, but there you go, at least at least as early as middle school, maybe younger. Um, and then there's also Chester County Futures, which is an education enrichment empowerment program that works for in Oxford, Coatesville, Phoenixville. So um, these these really are very these are great. And then um, there's a new group called Jumpstart Coatesville, which is teaching Coatesville residents how to actually develop blighted real estate so they can have an equity stake in the in the in the buildings in Coatesville. Again, it's a it's a way to fight the gentrification, and it's run by um, a really dynamic guy. It's and it's going to be it's new, but it's going to be wildly successful. Um, 
And then MCDC has a first-time home buyer program. Um, they're kind of below the radar screen. They're run, it's run by Fonz Nuswan, who I mentioned earlier. They have um, a first-time home buyer program. They also have a credit repair program. So they help people in the community, you know, repair their credit so they can qualify. And the first-time home buyer program will give you $20,000 towards a down payment for your first wow. home. So it's significant. Yeah. Um, so these are all things that are helping meet those real needs. As far as businesses, um, well, there's H2O connected. <laughs> um, but outstanding business. Outstanding business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have two new restaurants in town that are phenomenal. They, you know, they are, they're, they've got great food, great ambiance. Richie's Water Ice just opened with fantastic ice cream and funnel cake. So there's, there are businesses opening um, everywhere in Coatesville now. It's really attracting a lot of, a, a lot of, sort of retail oriented businesses. Um, and then we're at the Nth Innovation Center, we're really trying to attract more early stage technology companies. We're 90% leased and we have a medical device company here called, named Prescient. We have it, the building itself has other tax benefits in, in addition to being in a qualified opportunity zone, it's a Keystone Innovative Zone. And, and, and there's other, we're working on another building where we could have early stage companies to come in um, in the technology orientation, so and supporting manufacturing. So there's a lot going on. It sounds like it. We will certainly include links for all those businesses and nonprofits in the show notes. I do want to ask you, you said there's two new restaurants that just opened up. I'd like to get a shout out by name to those two, if you can share that. Okay. There's the record, which is, um, which is in the old Coatesville record was the newspaper for Coatesville. And it's great. You walk in there and they're all, the, the walls are full of the front page of the old Coatesville record. Um, great food, great ambiance. It's sort of like the place to meet after work. Um, and then there's the, I always get the name wrong. The Iron Eagle is across the street and that's a slightly different type of food, but still, I've, I haven't been there yet, but I hear it's really, really good. We have a jazz cafe opening up hopefully this summer. It's called Andrea's Jazz Cafe and that's going to be phenomenal. Um, and the old bank was the bank on the corner um, was just sold to a group who is putting in a steakhouse, steak and seafood house nice. there. And the restaurant tour there is a guy named Till Farrow who has who redid the um, Mr. E's into the King's Tavern up on 340. And his food is just out of this world. So there's really going to be. Um, so we go for anywhere from water ice to lobster. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. It's really going to be ex- oh, and and Mark Melanie's would kill me if I didn't mention this. Um, he's open. He he also partnered with Phil Farrow to open a brew a brew pub that's going to be open hopefully by September in the old YMCA. And this building is just full of history. It's going to be the greatest ambiance, but also good food and casual. And so so Coatesville is going to be the foodie hot spot of Chester County here shortly. So it's pretty exciting. Liam, I'm glad you asked that question because I was going to, because (laughs) so I now have a whole new list of new places to go. I'm very excited about this, but Susan, everything that you're talking about is, is amazing. And and we love your passion and, and your, you know, your, your gusto when it comes to Coatesville. So what do you need help with? I mean, there's, there's tons of businesses opening. There's, there's tons of nonprofits. I mean, how can our listeners help you out to kind of, share this vision and, and build this the way that you see it? 
Well, from a from a business perspective, um, you know, we have an early stage company and we don't have a lot of brand awareness is something that we're working on. So getting the word out that the number one cause of their high water bill is a leaking toilet. <laughs> so people know that they should they, they need to have devices that will tell them when their toilet is wasting water or running up their water and sewer bill. Little known fact, a running toilet when the chain hangs up and it happens often um, that you're wasting four and a half to five and a half gallons per minute. So if you flush the toilet, chain hangs up, you don't realize it and you go to work and it runs for eight hours or you go away and it runs for 24 hours, that's 7,000 gallons of water and it's $100 a day in our area. So, I mean, it's, it's a significant, because you're paying for water and sewer. Right. So it's, it, there are, and then just a little leak you don't know anything about can be 200 gallons a day. Um, and it all adds up. So we have a device that we sell on Amazon and on our website. Our website's H2O. I'm sorry. Our website is leakalerterpro.com. Um, and we sell the Leak Alert 6000 on Amazon and on our website. And that's the homeowner version. Hanging on your toilet takes five seconds to install. And um, it'll tell you when you're in the bathroom. When you know when you flush the toilet during the flush cycle, it'll tell you if, if it's working fine or if you have a problem and what the problem is you need to fix. And then for um, commercial users, think hotels, you know, apartments, student housing, senior housing. We have the Leak Alerter Pro, which goes inside the tank. It's wireless, sends a text message to maintenance when there's a significant problem, and then it has a dashboard that will quantify every drop of water that goes through a toilet. Is it a is it a flush? Is it a leak? Is the toilet inefficient, wasting water with every flush? What's wrong? How much water are you wasting per day? And um, it's a really, it's a very, very useful device to save money, save money um, not only the water and sewer bill, but it makes maintenance very, very efficient. So it's got a lot of benefits. To so it. I will definitely be passing your information on. I was just speaking with, with a customer last week who's a condo association, and she was giving me a lot of the same information that you just gave about the, the water and the, and the toilets, and it was all brand new to me and, and, and brand new to her when, when she had an issue with, with the water running up. So I, I've taken notes, and I will be on Amazon uh, as soon as we hang up the call. So thank you very much. <laughs> yes, they can always they can always call me too. I, I mean, I'm happy to. I'll talk to anybody. People don't realize water is just becoming an issue, especially in our area in California. It's been an issue for a while, although they don't really charge much for water out there. So there's not there hasn't been a lot of incentive for homeowners to save, other than just being pressured by their neighbors. But um, the, you know here. A, you know, a thousand gallons of water can cost twenty-eight to thirty-two dollars for water and sewer per thousand gallons. So it it really it's and it's becoming. We've always had plenty of water here, but it's it's becoming an issue. It, it, you know, as more people move out into Western Chester County, it's you know there the demand for water is is huge, and only one percent of the world's water supply is available for potable use. And we are draining it much faster than the aquifers and the rain and the snowpack can replenish it. So, you know, we don't. And the nice thing about things like the leak alert or technology is nobody has to change their behavior. You know, if you if you want to save water and you say, OK, I'm not going to water my grass, you know, except twice a week or I'm not going to wash my car or I'm not whatever. You know, that's changing behavior. And people don't generally want to do that. But 
hanging a leak alert on your toilet or putting a leak alert in your toilet and then fixing the problem doesn't change your behavior. You can do whatever you want, but you're saving. If everybody in this country did that, we'd save trillions of gallons of water per year because 80% of the toilets on our system have at least one problem or they're wasting water. It's, it's amazing. And then water costs so much to transport and treat that you're also using excess electricity at water treatment plants and through the transport system. So, you know, taking this, not having to treat and transport this water will reduce the electricity consumption so we can charge our electric cars and not run out of electricity. So there's all kinds of tangible benefits in addition to just doing the right thing. Yeah, that's that that's pretty clear. Thanks for walking us through that. It is so intertwined, right? You know, we're just saving water and you know, why do we need to save water? We have rivers and creeks and lakes everywhere. We need to keep it clean, but do we need to save it? Huh? Yeah, actually we do. So that's great. Uh, all you have to do is look at Lake Mead or the sure. Colorado yeah, River. They are really suffering and see out there. What yeah. can happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, and this is a global problem. Indeed. It's and, and our our system does work globally. Um, so it's it's pretty exciting where this can all go. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's right here in Coatesville. Right here in Chester County. <laughs> Let me ask you, you talked a lot about manufacturing and uh, supporting, enabling uh, folks to to grow their skill sets, their skill capacities, their, their income generation levels. What open positions are you trying to fill either at the Leaker Alerter Pro business or anything else you're trying to do? Do you have any open positions you'd want to share with us? And our listeners. Well, I mean, we're growing our manufacturing workforce. So for someone who want to, wants to start in the assembly area, you know, and then and then we'll, we'll, look, we'll probably move one of those folks up to manufacturing supervisor or inventory control. So we, but we usually start um, on the manufacturing side. We start out in, in, a, in assembly because it's important for them to know how the leaker alert gets put together, what the various steps are, if you're going to work at a higher sure. level. And then also we're looking, we'll probably, we want to hire a salesperson and sales support. And then um, at some point, I know I need to hire someone for the, you know, who's a kind of a high level receptionist in the lobby that can also work with marketing. So, um, and then before the end of the year, we'll be building out more on our engineering team. So, we're hiring, you know, we're looking to add to our, our workforce uh, quite a bit this year. That's fantastic. And I'd love to hire from the area. You know, the other thing is that uh, one thing I didn't mention is that we actually have an extensive high school internship program here. We work with eight different high schools, although we're trying to focus more and more on Coatesville now that we're in the city. But um, we have folks that come, students that come usually as sophomores or juniors and they work alongside the professionals in engineering and then in marketing. We have two tracks to actually develop products and launch them into the marketplace. And they work from the time they come here until they after they graduate from high school. So it's a long-term paid multi-year internship and they work after school, uh, usually three days a week. Um, but it really allows them to learn a tremendous amount about business and thinking critically and vertically and um, they work on actual products. Many of them end up as named inventors on in, on issued patents because they contributed to the inventive process and they're not even 18 years old. And they have patents on the wall and that are making money in the marketplace. So we that's also how we sew into the next generation. Um, to, we want to bring sort of that STEM alternative to the city. 
And uh, I'm working, talking right now with the city about several really interesting ideas about how we can expand that coding and STEM focus um, really for a wide population of, of youth. That has been so wonderful to hear about all these things, Sue. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, before we, we wrap this all up, please tell us uh, where we can find you online or follow up with you or learn more about all the things you do. Maybe a, a few website links, and we'll make sure we include all of that in the show notes on the website at startlocal.co. Sure. Um, H2O Connected and the Leak Alerter products is uh, the, our website is www.leakalerter, L E A K A L E R T O R, pro, P R O, dot com. And then um, my um, email is Susan, S U S A N, dot Springsteen, S P R I N G S T E E N, at h2oconnected.com. And then the product development company, we're in the process of updating our website, so don't judge us by our website, is www.nth, n is in Nancy, t is in Tom, h is in horse, dash solutions, plural, dot com. So that'll, and the internship program information is on that site. And then uh, my Facebook page is public, because I, it's where I share a lot of what we're doing in Coatesville. So they can follow me on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm accessible. So. Well, I love it, Susan. And, and I truly appreciate your time today and, and learning all about these. I really appreciate it. Very informative. Thank you. Well, I, as you know, I can go on for hours about this. So, but you have so much to share, so it would not be a boring few hours, but I'm sure our exactly. relative yeah. clients and vendors would not be happy that things did not get done today. Uh, <laughs> it's just everything's interwoven. I think that's the thing is you get involved, and a lot of it is what my business partner calls small ball. We don't tend to look at big programs. We're looking at how do we help meet the need in front of us, whether that's one person, whether it's a group of people who kids that may need laptops, whether it's food insecurity, whether it's we're in the process of I have, an, I have a drain out in front of the building and we're trying to do raised beds along this 200 foot drain. And we want to do cut flowers and we want to do vegetables and eventually to become a community garden because we're a food desert. How does how does the community get lettuce and tomatoes and peppers and things that they can you know, so, I mean, the food bank is great in trying to help meet that need, but you need more. So, so and, and then the cut flowers, people can just take home and make their house look nice so, and feel good about themselves. So, you know, how do, how do we use these different, you know, how, how, do, how do we just improve quality of life in Coatesville and empower people to accomplish what they, you know, their mission on earth? You know, what is it that's important to them and how do we empower them to accomplish that? And there's so many different ways. So Yeah, there sure are. And I and I love your holistic approach. Yeah, I love your holistic approach. Everything from employment to addressing uh, food disparities and food access mm -hmm. and, and there's so much there. Thank you so much for and joining I, us. I think if there's one thing I can leave Please with do. people, it's that I don't have any special self skill set. It's not like I majored in in economic revitalization in college or I have some big social, you know, uh, social, you know, degree. I, I came out of the investment business. 
I was a biochemistry major for a long time. I have no formal skill set in doing what I'm doing other than the business side. Obviously, I have that. But it's what people, you just, you know, it, 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 you just learn. You ask questions and you figure it out and you learn and you ask for help. And so people shouldn't be intimidated by trying, to, if they see a need, to meet it um, because, Anybody can do this. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I'm just me. And um, so I would just encourage other people to take, you know, if they see a need, if they see a problem, be part of that solution wherever you're, bloom where you're planted, right? And I'm planted here and I hope to bloom here. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody to listening for listening to the Start Local Show. We invite you to go over to the website and subscribe so you can get all the latest podcasts right into your email inbox or to your preferred podcast platform. We're online at startlocal.co. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.